Welcome to Career Tools. This week, choosing the company to work for, chapter three, values. Here we go. Okay, so we've had a couple of casts already about how to choose a company, giving some people some broad ideas. We want to drill down a little bit. We talked about the factors considering, you know, things you need to consider. Mm -hmm. um, values are certainly important, although I think a lot of people probably don't understand. There are some values that corporations have that people don't have and mm -hmm. vice versa. Um, so, what, what, what's our guidance? Okay, so values can be a bit wishy-washy. It can be difficult to describe them, but we're going to... Well, I don't know. That they're not wishy-washy. People feel strongly about their values. They're, they're, they're difficult to characterize precisely yeah, yeah. okay well, that's right. a better way of saying we're gonna so the first um point is we're gonna we're gonna say choose your values which you've probably already chosen but we're gonna give you some ideas about how to how to think about describe yeah. them and yeah. um to, to bring them to the fore. Then we're gonna decide which ones apply to work, because not everything does, and then how to use those when you're considering companies. Yeah, okay, good. So choose your values, probably not, not exactly the right way. Explore, understand, Yeah. examine, exactly. put on paper whatever your <laughs> values, okay. And most of us don't even think about our values, right? They, they exist behind the scenes and we go about our lives. And how do we explore what our values are? Yeah, you're right. They exist kind of behind the scenes. They, and it's not until we're thrown up against them that sometimes we find out what they are. Yeah. Um, so if you're asked to do something illegal, for instance, you can suddenly think, oh, no, actually, I won't do that. Right. Or actually, for a million dollars, yeah, I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, having children of, of, often changes people's values too. It makes them think about their family and the... the um, their longevity and and you know their children carrying on after them and that sometimes yeah. makes people feel more kind to the environment so there's mm -hmm. some, some things like that um so if you haven't come up against those situations and you and you can't easily articulate your values we've got some questions for you so for instance what is my definition of lying would i tell white lies to customers to get their business would I manipulate my figures to get a bonus? Jeez. Would I pad my expenses? Wow, okay. Would I say something was dumb when it wasn't? Yeah, I suspect there are people on that last one who say, well, define done. Done, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we can all justify our, you know, I can justify telling a white lie if I want to, but do you want to be forced into it? Do you want to work for a boss that would encourage you to do it? Or do you want to work for a company that would encourage you to, to, to lie right. or to cheat? Yeah, I actually think it's, it's a little bit more subtle than that. I, I think there are people in the world who believe that large organizations are inherently bad. Mm -hmm. And we at Manager Tools and Career Tools fundamentally disagree. We believe large organizations are a natural outgrowth of the beauty of being a human being and having a complex, thinking, rational, insightful mind. Um, in fact, the reason people come together, sociologists say, is procreation and specialization of labor. And specialization of labor requires um, some form of organization, even if it's virtual in nature, there is some rules, some understanding about how we relate to one another and our relationship to one another um, in terms of a common goal is what essentially is the life force, if you will, of an organization. And we believe large, large organizations are actually a good thing, even though they certainly are often, they, because there are so many people in them and you take a large enough sample of people, you end up with some people who do some really crummy, awful things. Yeah. Uh, we don't believe in any way that's an indictment of large organizations. We believe that's an indictment of individual people, um, which, by the way, tend often to be um, pretty awful at times. <laughs> and other times, 
magnificent and the, the net of human existence is 60 magnificent and 40 awful. And so it's two steps forward and one step back sometimes. <laughs> okay, so that's one way. So here's another, here's another way on, on a more positive, well, maybe not a more positive note, but a different way of looking at it. So do I believe that the only true work is nonprofit? Ah, do oh I feel God. that the fact that Shell makes 1.6 million in profit per hour is morally wrong? No. Do I feel, <laughs> I don't think they were there yeah, to no, argue yeah. to answer. It, it, well, that's okay. I would be very surprised if someone listening um, thought that profit was morally wrong because we believe profit is a natural, natural outcome. And I think there are a lot of people who believe that big oil companies make a great deal of profit. Um, in fact, it's only because there's a lot of oil being sold and traded and the percentage margins, it, it, if Intel, which makes computer chips, sold as many chips as Exxon sold of oil, um, the margins, the amount of money they would make would just be <laughs> unbelievable. It would be hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, there's a misunderstanding about profit. We don't, we don't think of profit as a four-letter word. Um, I, there are times where people gouge other people, but that's not profit. It's yeah. profiteering, which is, which is, I think, illegal, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, okay. Um, so the, the last set, set of one of those questions was, um, do I feel that a company that has a negative effect on the environment should be made to pay? Yeah, so okay. if, if any of those thoughts are thoughts that you agree with, then you probably want to look for work in the nonprofit sector, just because you'll feel more connected to the company's mission and you'll feel huh. like you're working towards something that you believe in rather than something that you don't. Yeah, I think that when it comes to nonprofit, which is one of the, one of the truly great outcomes of the world, the modern world, is that there is there is funding available because even though they don't make a profit, they have inputs and outputs. Mm -hmm. The fact that there's funding available to do great works beyond what profit-oriented companies do is an incredible benefit of modern society and organizations and, and, and specialization of labor and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have more? Yeah. So. Um so family is another expression of people's values. So some, uh, some questions about family. Do I believe that my family is more important than my work? Would I feel guilty doing overtime if my kids were at home? Or do I feel that I should earn as much as I can to give them a better lifestyle? People have different feelings about those yeah. things. And, and if you've just had a baby, then your thoughts might have changed fairly radically from, from the, before the baby was, was born. Yeah, generally speaking, when I talk to young people and they're talking about, no, I want to do this or that or the other thing, I said, well, do you plan on having kids? I said, yeah. So, okay, come back to me afterwards because it'll change everything. And people say, well, no, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm going to do this. I said, you know, no offense, but everybody I know who had kids says, yeah, it pretty much changed everything. Yeah. And we're not suggesting you're wrong. We're suggesting you're not terribly experienced about this. And there, there is almost no training that I can think of, including having a pet, that would <laughs> transform someone as completely or help them understand what it means to bring children into the world. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, uh, uh, one of the great uh, signs of people's belief in optimism is how many children they're having. According to some sociologists yeah. who say, if people are having more kids, then they believe that the world is going to be a place of abundance. And if they're having less kids, they're worried that those kids will have less to share in. And those things affect the way you think about your life and your career uh, and how you're gonna work to put your talents to work in the world, okay? Mm -hmm. So those are some questions you can ask. And I, I, our, our, our fundamental point here is, 
think about the values that you might have. Um, you could probably, I suspect we could Google, Google them. Oh yeah, core values yeah. exercise. Usually there's like 150 words and then you whittle them down yeah. to, to 20 and then you compare each of the 20 to 10 until you get to five or so, which is what most people say is kind of how many we use on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think, um, I think if you start thinking about those values, then start asking questions about what you would, uh, how you would behave in certain situations. Generally, I find, uh, and some of you may disagree with this, I generally find that younger people tend to be idealistic. Mm-hmm. I think it was Churchill, but it may not have been. Somebody who said, if you're not a liberal when you're 20, you have no heart, and if you're not a conservative when you're 40, you have no head. And, and so we often find that younger people tend to have much more black and white opinions about things, and then the world knocks them around a little bit, and um, they soften their views and say, well, in this situation, I might consider doing that. Yeah, the world and is very black and white when you're 20. Yeah. By the time yeah. you're 30, yeah. there's shades it's, of gray. It's, it's, it's lots of shades of gray. <laughs> Uh, let's not say there's 50, but, but there's 20. <laughs> um, and, and I think that um, it's okay when you're 25 to go, no, I really feel strongly about this. That's a good thing. That's you deciding what's important to you. And when you feel that strongly and then you take an action based on that and you get an outcome you didn't expect, you reexamine it. Um, there are very few peoples except the truly great saints of the world, and I don't use that mean in a religious sense, but simply in the, in the, uh, um, the sense of, of respect that we put in, uh, we have for people like Mother Teresa, for instance, where there are very few people who can say, no, this never changed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very, very few people. I mean, I'm reading a book about World War II right now, and Churchill changes his mind a few times, even though he has a speech which he says, never give in, never give in, never give in. And it's not wrong to say, these are my values, and they're different than they were before, and maybe I would make different choices. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are wondering, I can tell you that the single biggest value that I applied to my thinking about companies was the reputation of the company. Uh, and to me, the reputation of the company included their success because I believe that inherently unethical, unsafe, unfair organizations die ultimately. Either they get caught or gradually the good people of the world who outnumber the bad people of the world generally choose not to, to go to work there. And it's amazing. Word of mouth has existed yeah. since the beginning of time. And people say, well, I had a bad experience. Oh, I had another bad experience. Oh, I had another bad experience. When seven people tell you you have a green tail, you turn around and look. Uh, and so I looked for you know, their success, long-term success. Uh, and I looked for wh- what benefit there was to me, assuming that they were going to get full benefit out of my, out of my talents. Um, and I absolutely chose Procter & Gamble because I knew I could not go wrong. I knew that it would never look bad. I might not do well, uh, um, but I chose Procter & Gamble for the exact same reason I chose West Point. I didn't know what my future held, and so I went for pure quality. Now, folks, there are probably better places to go to school for different people than West Point. I'm not suggesting you should have chosen West Point, or, or you should if you're in high school now listening. But I will say that over and over and over again, the choice early on in my career of, of choosing sheer quality mm-hmm. made things so much easier. I think if you wish to make a choice based on one or two values that are very, very important to you and essentially put those above, above all others, um, there is nothing wrong with going through life saying that choice at that time made the most sense. Um, and I would also encourage you to look back when you're 60 years old and say, working for this company, how will I feel about it? 
Um, and if you're not sure you'll feel good about it, then don't do it. Uh, and then you have to balance the whole issue of children and, and feeding yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Maslow's hierarchy of level one, food, clothing, and shelter. And if you can't do that, and your ethics are keeping you from making a choice at all, uh, then your your values are probably too restrictive because you live in a human world and the human world is inherently flawed uh, and dangerous and at times bad, although generally more good than bad. Okay, so we've got, we're thinking about our values. Let's yeah. say we did a bit of core exercise. We say, hey, here are the four or five things. And by the way, folks, to be clear, you'll notice that we didn't suggest that your values are just words. If somebody said, well, honesty, well, okay, mm -hmm. define what honesty means, means to, to you. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Honesty and, and means that, different things to different people. Yeah, the, the whole issue of what is a lie. So mm -hmm. he says, well, if they say something that's not true. Well, unfortunately, one of the things I learned at the military academy, mm -hmm. in fact, Mike helped me learn it, was that a lie is not necessarily the opposite of truth because there are all kinds of situations where we are required to talk about the future and there is no truth about the future. There is only opinions. Um, but to intentionally mislead someone starts to get into my definition of a lie. Or put slightly even more precisely, to allow the inference such that someone will be misled because one lacks the willingness to be crystal clear. Um, now you're starting to think about it even more clearly. Yeah. Um, and to be clear, there are companies, uh, Procter & Gamble is a good one. Procter & Gamble is well known as being very, very ethical. And yet I remember very clearly reading a book, I think called Soap Opera by a gal by the name of Alicia Swazi several years ago, which pilloried Procter & Gamble for all kinds of terrible things it did, some of which I think were quite true. Um, and I remember choosing a company that I could feel good about relative to the ethical requirements, and yet knowing full well that Gee, they're not perfect. Yeah. Um, tends to be true of all human organizations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do we how do we get our list of values? How do we apply them to work? What okay. do we what do we do next? So, so now you want to think about the values that you're going to use at work. So if you're if one of your values is honesty and not telling not telling lies, not making sins of omission, but you want to be truthful at all times, that's easily applicable to work because you know right. for some people their spirituality is really important but they don't feel like that means that they have to work in a religious setting. Right. Or it might mean that they want to work in a religious setting, but not, but as a lay person. Right. Um, so for, for some people, the idea of doing something useful, I feel like I should do something useful in the world, but it doesn't have to be a, a nonprofit. Making cornflakes or widgets or Anything, you know, anything that could be useful. It, it could, it's Corn, absolutely cornflakes feed useful. a lot of kids all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Every every child that gets up and has cornflakes for breakfast, if you're making cornflakes, you help them. For some people, working close to home is really important, and being back for the children, you know, when uh, at tea time. But they might sacrifice that for a couple of years in order to get some experience or an additional some additional pay thinking that they will spend that later. Some for, people, for some people, money is important, and for some people, time is important. And as you said earlier, values change mm, with the stage of the life. Time. Right. Um, and, it's, and it's fine to say, this was important to me, and, and now, now it's, it's, not, less, it's, it's less important. important to me. Yeah. Or it, it is important, but right now I'm, I'm going to sacrifice it. We're not dictating anything. We both have our own values. The company has values. And, and we all kind of, the company values are kind of a mix of all of our values, but 
none of them are the same and, right. and we're not dictating to any of, of the people that are listening that yours should be the same or different or anything to ours. It's just what you come up with. Yeah, I, I'm regularly accused by people when people say, you're always working. And I say, you know, it's funny, in 10 years of being divorced, I've only missed 10 Thursdays with Drake and I've more than made up for it. I counted, I'm, I'm 50 days in the positive and only 10 in the negative. And people say, well, how do you do that? Well, you just, I have a value that I'm going to be Drake's dad. The most important thing I am in my life right now is to be Drake's dad. I'm also Kate and Travis's dad, but they're out of my house. And so I can't be their dad day to day. Uh, in a year from now, roughly, Drake will be out of my house. Uh, we're recording this in July of 2013. And uh, at that point, I'll travel even more. I don't, I don't need to be home terribly much. Mike will probably kill me for saying that. And I travel a lot now, and yet I'd absolutely be willing to travel a great deal more. Mm -hmm. And I don't intend to live where my kids live because my kids are going to move the way I moved, and I can't follow my kids around because that'd be kind of creepy. I talked to somebody the other day who said, no, I always want to live where my kids live. And if my kids ever thought about moving, I would try to talk to them about, well, that's going to, in, that's going to inconvenience me and so on. And I was astounded. And their values were clearly different than mine. Uh, and, and I thought, okay, that's fine. Great, great for you. The response I got back from them was, you clearly can't be a great dad. And, I, and I, it was kind of funny. I'm like, okay, well, if my kids turn out great, is it still possible that I'm gonna, I could be an okay dad? And they said, well, not if you're making those choices. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating because I'll put my kids up against anybody's kids. And, and I think that one of the things I learned was somebody else's values are okay for them. Your values are important for you. And when you go through job searching, when you're looking at companies, certainly talk to other people about what their values are. Pay attention to what the company says about what their value values are. And then come to the point where you have to make a choice and values are one of a number of factors. Mm -hmm. And if, if there is something about a company that causes you to say, I just can't work there, fine, take them off the list. That's totally fine. Recognize, however, that that changes things. Mm -hmm. um, and far too often, I think people, particularly younger people who are making these kind of choices, make very black and white choices, as we alluded to earlier. And I think that's a net negative. Unfortunately, when they rule something out that maybe later in their life, I, I, I think of the choices I made when I was 26, 27, and so on. I'm like, ah, I wish I had a chance to do that differently. So, okay. We looked at values, we, we thought about our values, we thought about which ones really matter at work. Mm -hmm. How do we use them when we're considering companies? Okay, so you want it, we, we want to have our values in the back of our heads so that when we do the assessment of the company and the offer, we can kind of include that. And, and your values might not be more important than compensation or any of the other factors that we're going to consider in this series. But the misery comes from not considering what's important to you and then, and then ignoring that and taking a job that violates those things. So if camaraderie at work and the, and the feeling of getting on with people is really important to you and you interview with a manager who spends his the interview dissing all the people that work for him and you don't pay attention to that you're going to be miserable in that job however much it pays um, because clearly there's no sense of teamwork and everyone's bitching against each other behind each other's backs um, and it and it is difficult to find you know, when you're making applications, companies have value statements, but they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily enacted by everybody in the company every right. day. Um, 
but you can compare those to what's written about them yeah. and, and see, you know, if 80, if 80% of it is, is in line with their values, they're right. probably doing pretty well. They're As you said, well. you know, Procter & Gamble's not perfect, but right. it's damn good when you employ, compare it with some others, like uh, Enron. I found it very interesting when I think about companies and when I compare people's behaviors to, to value, through the value statements and so on, that um, the value statements all tend to sound very much the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, people's behaviors, we, we like to say that culture, which we think is very closely related to values, culture is nothing more than the aggregation of all the behaviors. I'm amazed at the number of people who choose based on big picture things, but then discover it's very different day to day. And that does happen. In a lot of places, it does happen. Um, I will say that many people, one of the choices they make that is a mistake is they think about companies, they, they start their list of companies only with companies whose name they know. Mm -hmm. uh, Consumer-based companies, so Google wrong. and Microsoft and Intel and Apple and, and Procter and & Gamble, even though some people would say, no, I don't know Procter & Gamble. Well, you know Crest Toothpaste and Tide and Cheer and so on. And, and uh, we tend to think about companies that sell things to us when there's an enormous world of business-to-business -business companies or companies that are incredibly successful, but aren't public names because they don't advertise. Mm -hmm. Advertising skews things enormously. And, and I think that when you, go, when you go interview with a company that you might not heard of before, and there, there is a value statement, great, but that's really when to pay attention to the behaviors you experience when you're going through the process. Because if you're interviewing at Google, probably some of the behaviors you're not going to be able to see because you're thinking about how great you heard Google was or, or any other company that's high on your list. And, you know, I had a guy talk to me recently say all he wants to do is go to work at Nike, um, which is great. And he has this vision of what Nike is. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, have you ever been there? Have you ever been to Beaverton? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just advertising and, and products yeah. and so on. And my concern, of course, was that how much has he read? How much does he know? And what kind of behavior would he see? Now, Nike's a great company uh, in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people there. Um, but, but because it was a consumer-based company, there was an assumption that what the image that they portray was the image that would therefore uh, resonate with him, mm -hmm. which may not be true. I mean, look, if it's your dream job and your dream company, okay, fine. You can probably talk yourself into being happy. But I think far too often people miss the companies that don't advertise. The companies that who, who who don't have a public face and yet are fabulously well run and ethical and professional and kind. I think about some private companies that I've worked for over the years that treat their employees like family members and mm -hmm. simply wouldn't let an employee be in a difficult situation. They would be mortified. Um, and and then there are some public companies who wouldn't couldn't care less about that. Um, so those kind of things, the, the, the number of companies that are eliminated because we don't think about it in advance and then not applying the values proposition, my values versus their values, are they in alignment? Um, I feel like a lot of people miss that. So listen, listening is, is important and watching what's, uh, what's going on while you're interviewing, like watching how people deal with each other. There's a, there's a fairly well-known interview technique of taking candidates out to lunch and then seeing how they deal with the waiter and anybody who doesn't say please and thank you and is kind to the waiter is probably not a good uh, candidate because if they don't do it when they're being watched they certainly won't be kind to service yeah. people when they're not and and you can do the reverse of that you can watch how people deal with the receptionist and the secretaries mm -hmm. you can 
listen to the questions that the manager asks you at the interview and think about what the consequences of those questions are. So if they ask you about working late or over the weekends, how do you feel about working weekends? And of course you're in an interview, so you go, oh, that would be absolutely fine with me. But when you get home, you think, hold on, how many weekends is he talking about? And how many of the softball games am I going to miss that I that it's really important to me to coach? That's why we talk about after an interview coming back and, and, and assessing what happened to you. Not just how you did, because they get to decide how you did. Maybe you made a mistake and you want to improve on a particular answer. But coming back from an interview and saying, okay, what, did, what was my experience like? And, and this is a good justification for more interviews to, make, to have more choices because you'll get better at interviewing. And once the fear of the first couple of interviews wear off, you'll be able to come back to your apartment, to your flat, to your house and say, okay, what do I remember? The first couple, you won't remember anything. Mm-hmm. But the third or fourth or fifth, you'll start to remember questions and so on. And you realize, wow, all they talk about there is performance. There wasn't a smile all day. Yes. And if you, you mentioned camaraderie. If, if working closely with other people, collaborating, uh, is important to you. Now, to, to be clear, folks, don't take this the wrong way, but it's not that important to me. If working, important collaborative, working collaboratively is important to you, and, and because you've had some interviews and you're able to assess when you're back at your house, wow, I, they, they did not, there was no indication of that at all. Now, you may still love the opportunity, you may still love the job and the location, and maybe the boss is okay, but maybe that's a question you'll ask in the follow-up. Can you, uh, hey boss, one of the, or not follow-up, I'm sorry, once you get an offer, say, I have a couple of questions for you, maybe there's a question about benefits, maybe the question, a couple other things, and you say, tell me a little bit about camaraderie. On a scale of one to 10, how would you grade the camaraderie in the organization. And nobody's gonna say it's zero, mm-hmm. but if somebody gives it a five, that probably means it's a two. And if that's important to you, don't you go. need to consider that. Now you said don't go. I don't know that I would say don't yeah, go. Yeah, you're right. It because, depends on what, yeah, I, what the other I, I things are. I think the important part of this cast is people hear values and they say, oh, that's black and white. Yeah, right? which is exactly what I've right, just done. And right, I've right. saying not to. It's not black and white. You have a number of values. Camaraderie, is a value to you. It may not be as important to you as your spirituality or your your interest in truth-telling or your willingness to help the poor or your belief that uh, giving your all every day is an important part of being a human being. That's something that's really important to me. And, and all those things go into a stew. Mm-hmm. Um, now, clearly, there are some things, some behaviors that violate a value that's more important to you, or there are some values that I don't want to be too gray in at all. There are other things where I could accept something less, and and probably that's a series of future casts for us. But um, if you go through the process and you can't remember any of the interviews, what, what happened and what questions you asked, give yourself a little bit of time, write some questions down, think about the experience you had, because at some point you're going to have to decide if they make you an offer. You're going to have to decide whether or not you want it. And, and assessing them is important as well. The first couple of interviews, not easy to do that. No. Later, much, much easier. And if you assess your day, you'll be able to be better at your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth interview. Absolutely. So one more, one more way of finding out about a company's values is finding people in your network who work there or have worked there or know someone who works there. And it doesn't have to be in the department or the role that you are going to be working in. It can be someone fairly far flung if that's the only person you can find and, and just find mm-hmm. out, you know, ask them, what's it like working there? What, what seems to be important there? Yeah, I, uh, one of the things I heard somebody say the other day, well, there's all kinds of information on blog, blog forums and, and uh, 
I'm trying to think of, uh, I want to say Glassdoor is one of mm -hmm. them. There yeah. are several. Yahoo has company boards and so on. I would urge you a little bit of caution, folks, because I've spent probably 20 or 30 hours in the last couple of years looking at them. And those, th those comment forums are generally uh, significantly more negative than yeah. I have seen um, in, in much the same way that there are trolls everywhere and internet anonymity adds to the sense of hey i want to tell you it's dramatic people read my post mm -hmm. and i tell a story and i have one bad boss and the people who love the company don't they're go nice. there because they, they don't, don't need, need to. to in <laughs> fact they're thinking i want other good people i'm only going to talk to my friends i'm not going to try to convince you guys who are who are clearly miserable um and i'm not going to start a flame war because i'm a nice person um so I would, I would caution you about that. On the other hand, when you said network, I thought, you mean we have another cast where your network yeah, like, yeah. Another cast where who you know and how much you trust them and how big your network is matters. Now, I will say this. LinkedIn, because oh, you're yeah. gonna, would be a great place to say for those people you're closest to, maybe beyond just your 10 or 15 best friends, ask 100 people, what's been your experience with XYZ mm -hmm. Corporation? Now, I'm not a big fan of broadcasts. In fact, when I get broadcast stuff, I just throw it away. Like, really? I'm just one of a million people? <laughs> but, but on the other hand, if I got a note from somebody saying, hey, I'm considering X, what do you think? A, a personal note, a mm -hmm. direct note to me, yeah. I'd absolutely say, don't have any experience or love them, have always loved them, have treated me well, um, or one of, the, one of the unheralded gems in the world, or yeah, not good experience with them. Yeah. And I think, again, the seven people telling you have a green tail thing, it, you know, you ask more people, you get more data. Yeah. So, good. And somebody from, from the Manager Tools group asked me this, this week to put him in touch with somebody else in the Manager Tools group who they weren't connected to, but they were yeah. both in the group. Um, this is on LinkedIn. Yeah, on yeah. LinkedIn for, for precisely that reason. He was interested in the company and the guy worked there. And I said, I, I sent an email and said, some other Manager Tools person is interested. And, and they said, of course we'll help. Yeah. So feel free to use me as a conduit. Yeah, well, so in fact, we just had another situation. This is, again, more network stuff. We just, I just had a situation where somebody wrote us a note talking about how they got a job. They used the interviewing series, and they got a job. They're really excited. They got an offer, and they were going to accept the offer. But he had written me before he'd accept the offer, and he said, the thing that absolutely changed the interview was I was in the middle of the interview, and the guy asked me about my managerial style, and I talked about one-on-ones, and the guy said, you listen to manager tools. I said, yes, I do. He says, this is going to be easy. Right. Awesome. And, and he, he, he really wrote about the interviewing series, but, but he said, I don't think the guy realized when the, the interviewer realized that the moment he told me, he asked me, you, you said, you listen to manager tools. I realized he did too. Mm -hmm. That's who I wanted to work for. So not only did he decide I was right for him, I decided he was right for me. That's that so cool. And, and you know what? That's a value, not manager tools, of course, but the idea of I want to be managed fairly, ethically, professionally. Because you know what? If you're paid well, and if you have a nice clean office, and you have a good view, and you get to home, go home every day on time, and your boss is a jackass, <laughs> I gotta tell there, you something, folks. <laughs> I gotta tell you something, folks. There's Last a, three weeks. <laughs> there's a value for you right there. Really, you know, the, the desire to be treated fairly ethically and professionally. <laughs> Okay. Shall I sum up? Yeah, please. Okay, so one, choose your values. Two, decide which of those apply to work. And three, use them when you're considering companies. There you go. Folks, values are important because you go against your values, you're going to be miserable. Um, even if it gets you ahead, it'll make you miserable. The great tragedy in life is not the death at the end, but the thousand little deaths you, leave, you live along the way. 
make sure your values are aligned with your company and a lot of other things will become a lot easier for you day to day. Thanks everybody, come back next week.